The WNBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate the summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti Stouts Humbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That is birddogs.com slash pool. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the WNBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Don't mean no voice on the guys. Me, really real villain, real swell from Virginia here at your service. And uh, we are back. It's the day that's been talked about for months. It's here. Everything we've been waiting on. It's here. We're going to get our first look. We're going to see it. Super team versus super team. One versus two. I wouldn't say David versus Goliath, but, you know, the champs are the champs, so they ain't champs no more. New York Liberty versus the Las Vegas Aces tonight. We're going to break it all down. Got my guy Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on? And nothing much. Uh, I know last episode I ended up splitting, uh, so it could have been better, could have been worse. Hit the lock, though. But, uh, you know, I thought you were initially going to talk about something else because you were building up to something extremely important. And instead of talking about the actual matchup between the Liberty and the Aces, I thought you were going to talk about having overnight WNBA lines, but you went in a different direction. Well, I mean, I just wasn't used to having it. I, I, I didn't realize that it was something that, you know, could even be talked about. But, I mean, we're here. You see what happens when you give it to us early. We're here. We're ready to go. Mm-hmm. We're locked in. We're ready to get down on the early part of the line, you know. It, it And the thing is, I don't even think the mixedest game went final when the when the lines were out. So they can put the game, the lines out when the games are still going on. They have that ability. They just choose not to. Yeah. No respect. So maybe it's because we have, you know, a potential WNBA Finals matchup here. And that's why they got it to us early. But It might just be because there's nothing on besides baseball. So they finally realize, well, we got to start making money in the WNBA again. Yeah. And, you know, people like to watch good hoops and not go to baseball bets that are probably rigged and, you know, never go the way that they're supposed to go. But what other sports are there right now? I mean, I know Team USA is taking on Saints. Uh, I forgot the name of the, of the country, but uh, they're taking they're like minus 20,000 favorites in the game tonight. So, yeah, there's not really many sports going on. So it's nice to get some basketball back, uh, especially with early lines. And, yeah, of course, you got a matchup between what should be, keyword should, be the WNBA Finals, especially now with Brianna Jones being out for the year. But we'll see what happens. Should be fun. According to the spread, though, which we'll talk about later, they might think that one team is significantly better than the other one. Oh, very much so. And we're definitely going to absolutely talk about that later. But for now, let's focus on the other games. And we're going to dive really quickly into it. Here we have the Indiana Fever going to play the Phoenix Mercury in Phoenix. Indiana opened up as a three-point favorite. Some shops, they are getting up to three and a half already. That's why we got to drop this show early. Some The line is moving some places to three and a half. I still see a flat three around there. Shop for your best line. 161 and a half is the total. 
injury report here for these two teams. And I'm looking at for the Indiana Fever, nothing to report. Looks like everybody's going to be a go. And the Phoenix Mercury wish they could say nothing to report. But, however, they have questionable tags on Sophie Cunningham, Shea Petty, uh, Megan Gustafson. And it still looks like Skylar Diggins-Smith has not walked into the building. So maybe the coach was not the problem. Well, I mean, I was, I was going to say, do, do you want to make a case? Because on one hand, the fever make a favorites. Case for what? <laughs> make a well, case I was going to say, what? do you want to make a case for the Mercury here because the fever are favorites or no, because this Mercury team is the worst team in the league. I faded them last time out and it was close for a half. Then the wings blew it open in the second half. I think that one I mean, was like we still we still cashed the first half. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. We still cashed the first half. Cashed everything. Like, and the under got I, there because yeah. Phoenix couldn't score. So we got everything. Yeah, right very much game, so. We got everything that game. That was a, there needs that was to be something game. that's that has not been talked about yet, which I feel like should be discussed. But I got to bring it up because uh-huh. Phoenix right now is kind of screwed, and they're not a good team until Diggin Smith potentially comes back. How early is it to have conversations about tanking for Caitlin Clark? How soon is the con- How soon can we have these conversations? Like Phoenix looking around. Diggins Smith, maybe they don't bring her back this year. Griner has been a bit injured. I know she's back, but still, Tarazi's in her 40s. When do we start talking about Phoenix and other teams potentially just pulling the plug and trying to get Clark? But I wanted to at least discuss it because we just had Wembenyama. We've had the NHL draft tonight, which was Bedard, another phenom that teams were tanking for. Are we going to get tanking in the WNBA? Because I feel like replacing Tarazi or bring, or bringing in Clark as an understudy to Tarazi is like a hell of a combo. Does Phoenix have like a chance to just consider blowing it up in about a month and just to actively tank? Because I think it's actually closer than people think, and nobody's talking about it. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't do it now. Like, come on. Daya Tarazi's 41. Yeah, I know. She's 41. Like, come on, guys. Like, why Why would you not do it now? You had a 21 and a half win total. 21 and a half. At this rate, they might not win 10 games, assuming you know, that Smith doesn't come back. I was watching the Four Letter Network earlier, and I was watching them, you know, be late to the WNBA plays, and they had some live win totals, and they took the Mercury under 13 and a half wins. One, I was very, very surprised that it was still at 13 and a half. (laughs) Second, I just couldn't think of how late they were to the party because, man, we've been talking bad about this Mercury team all year. Well, have you heard any rumors about when Diggins Smith might come back? Because I haven't heard anything. So, I mean, everything's speculation. It's been people that are saying that now the coach is gone. She's going to walk in the building the next day. And there's, you know, she still needs some work. Like, she delivered a baby. And so that takes yeah. time. So, I, uh, I don't know. I have no idea if she's coming back. Honestly, truly, I feel like it's going to be the typical WNBA injury report thing where one day, one random Tuesday – in freaking up. July, she's just going to show up and be at the game and play. Like, that's just what's going to happen. So, it kind of goes back to what I said, though, because to touch upon the tanking thing, I am curious if at some point they just tell Diggins Smith, you know what? You can take another three weeks. Take, off. take, take the rest of the year off. Take as much Make time sure as the baby's do. good. Make sure the baby's good. Make sure the baby's fine. Don't you even have a worry babysitter. About it. You know, you can figure that thing out, you know, fig- work it all out. But, 
I'm just, I just wanted to bring it up because Phoenix is really in that territory. They're they're really just in that territory where at this point, what do they have? Two wins this year? <laughs> yeah, two and eleven. They're they're a mess. I mean, at some point, you got to realize that there are future plans that are, I'd say, prioritized over trying to win eleven games this season to miss the mm. playoffs. It's too early. It's something I want to keep an eye out for because I do think at some point the Mercury will be tanking at the end of the year. All right, so clearly we were both on fever minus three here. I have super, to. Super easy play there. At least Before Indiana we get... looks like a basketball team. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, and it's just the injury. Like, not to mention they're not a good roster already, but you have a not good roster that's completely injured and you lost, like, a good portion of your depth. And we don't and even Teddy's know. Those... not bad either, and she's been injured a lot. I know. It's just, it's brutal. It's brutal. Before we get to the total, got to talk to you about bird dogs, shorts. Bird dogs are here. Stretch khaki shorts. They're designed for a slim, slim, fem, uh, slim fit fit. Wow, that was a tongue twister. Slim fit fit for the summer and truly give you that glorious sculpted leg look that you are looking for anti-stink anti-sweat nice fabric that keeps you cool all day long the swim trunks are great and amazing and you can do everything everything athletically whether you're going to games whether you're going hiking whether you're doing whatever you can do that in your bird dog so this is what we have for you go to birddogs.com slash pool in a promo code pool p-o-o-l and you will get a free yeti style tumbler with your purchase of shorts go to birddogs.com slash pool for a free yeti style tumbler we promise you you won't want to take your bird dogs off all right total sitting here at 161 and a half and i mean this has to balloon up right like we're getting the best of the number right now it has to balloon up to what 163 164 like these defenses have been terrible recently. Uh, just going through and looking at the numbers over the past five games here and what I have for the, oh, well, if I find my numbers, there we go. For what I have for the Phoenix Mercury past five games, they are 11th out of 12 teams. In the WNBA, 90 points per game they for the score opponent. Dallas. I even picked Dallas to cover, but I didn't think that they would like barely score in the game. But they give up everything. They give up everything. 90 points per game, 11th in WNBA. Indiana Fever, 89.4. That's good for 10th in WNBA. Both of these defenses are terrible. However, as Scott alluded to last five games, offensively, Fever are fourth in the W in 86.8 points per game. The Mercury dead last at 71 points per game. There is no other way I'm looking in this game. than I, I can't take – of course, I'm going to take the over just because these defenses are terrible. But I can't trust the Mercury. We can't trust the Mercury at all. We don't trust the Mercury. That's literally wh- what we've – the highlight of this show over the course of this entire year. If you take the three things that we've been right about and it's constantly been right about over the entire year, you have the Seattle Storm, you have Alyssa Thomas assists, and you have the Mercury being freaking terrible. Like they're just bad. So it's in it's Indiana Fever team total over. Like that's clear cut, clear cut the play here. Indiana yeah, team total and even over. if you even if you want to look at the recent performances by the Fever, they are five and nine. But you look at the offensive numbers here. They scored eighty against Vegas. That's not bad. 
scored 88 against Vegas. That's pretty good. Scored 80 against the Storm. The game was pretty lopsided, so you know that's uh-huh. still a decent showing there. 94 against the Dream, 90 against the Sky. This team can score. Just simply put, and I want to read off these point these points allowed by the Mercury just in a game in game out basis because it is pretty funny to actually list. So uh-huh. to go through, by the way, they played once this season already, and the Fever did win that one by uh, they lost that one by three, but they did score 82 points in that game. So they already had a pretty good offensive game against them. But to read off the Mercury defense recently, last game they allowed 77. Okay, decent showing there. Game before that, 97 against Seattle, 99 against Vegas, 89 against the Liberty, 88 against the Mystics, 83 against the Storm, 82 against Indiana, 90 against the Wings, 89 against the Wings, 99 against the Sparks, 81 against the Lynx. I mean, they're just handing out 85. It's so clear cut. We take and I mentioned Indiana. a lot of teams there. That's a pretty big sample size. Like it's they, Indiana they team can't total stop over. anybody. That's your that that's Indiana team. You don't think about it. Indiana team total over. That's a lock. I'm all over it. I'm playing them in the first half too because you know we've heard us talk about how bad this Mercury team is in the first half. I want to play Indiana in the first half on their team total as well. It's probably going to come around 45 and a half. Mm. It's kind of just rinse and repeat from the Dallas game. You're looking at a team which record wise is not great, but you've seen Dallas and Indiana be competitive at times. And that's good enough because Phoenix isn't even competitive at times. So I, I just can't understand how they constantly like I get it's Indiana. But how did how is Indiana not laying six here? I figured they would be closer to like four or five, especially after the wings once again only laying three and a half buried this team uh last game out. And it was pretty, it was kind of the exact same story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out of here. I'm out of here on Phoenix. I can't trust them at all. All right, Indiana team total over first half. Indiana team total over full game. We're on Indiana for the game. Uh, if gun to my head, I got to take a full game uh, total. I'll take the over 161.5, and hopefully the Mercury don't screw you out of that. Or maybe they do, and they just let uh, Indiana score 100 points. Then, yeah. you know, that's fine. The first game landed 167. So uh, between these teams, I'll go with the over. All right. Let's see here. Next game on the slate, we have the rematch, immediate rematch. Minnesota Lynx going to play the Seattle Storm. Storm are laying minus one and a half. 163 and a half is the total injury report here for these two teams. And I see... Jordan Horston still questionable with that shoulder injury. She did not play last game. And for the Minnesota Lynx, we did see Diamond Miller come into that game and have herself a game at that. Tiffany Mitchell looks like she's out until about mid-July time frame. And Ariel Powers and Jessica Sheffer are both out indefinitely as well. I don't and understand. You, Natalie and Chanway. Natalie and Chanway is out as well. So I think the books made it simple and said that the Lynx won the first game at home. Now the Storm are going to go win the second game at home. I don't understand anything about the lines in this game. The, the spread and the total. I'm, I'm totally lost on what the odds makers are thinking for this game. Because I don't get it. It looks like there's two just slam dunk plays at first glance. That's why I'm really confused why the line is set the way that it is. Minnesota 6-4 and four is an underdog ATS this season. I'm referring to Minnesota 
on with the spread and the over, obviously, because they just played yeah. about a day ago on the 27th, and the game landed 197. Minnesota dominated the entire game. Now, the argument could be, well, you know, Seattle's at home. Historically, they have a good home crowd. They are 2-7 and seven straight up at home, and they basically, the spread's won. They're going to have to win the game. Minnesota's only 3-4 and four on the road. They're really not that bad on the road, but Collier destroyed this team. They scored 104 points. Seattle had no answers to them the entire game. Thirty. She I'm, had 33. Yeah, she killed them. I'm going with Minnesota, and I'm going with the over. Just give me a rinse and repeat of what we saw last game. I could be getting, you know, a bit of a trap line there, but once again, I don't get it. Seattle, we like because they cover, but when covering involves winning, we don't like them <laughs> as much. We like them when they, when they lose. Yeah. Bottom, <laughs> when, you know? when covering requires winning, we're kind of out on that We're situation. kind of out because that involves winning games. Like we were on Four the win total on the season. Yeah, we just like the Storm because if they're getting 10, they'll lose by 7. But when they're laying 1, I'm not taking you to win games. I got to take Minnesota, and I got to take the over. I mean, Minnesota just beat Las Vegas – not Las Vegas. Just beat the Sparks three times in a row. Yeah. And then – How do I not take the over in general, by the way? Seattle scored 93 points, and Jewel Lloyd went 4 for 18. They scored 93 points, and Jewel Lloyd made four shots. How am I not taking an over? Yeah. But are we on the same page here? Because maybe you could explain the line to me. I don't get it. I love the over way more than Minnesota. I do have the same sentiments, and maybe it's just a little bit of recency bias. Looking at Minnesota going to play the Sparks three times and beating them three times in a row, it just feels like, all right, maybe Minnesota is, you know, in this same lane that, the storm we're in where, hey, you put a bad team against them, they'll do all right. Put a good team against them. Minnesota was laying what? Minnesota was what, minus three last game? So you're telling me Seattle's home court is worth four points? Like, Minnesota covered. I think it's close. I don't understand. I understand why the line is what it is. You're saying that they're going to win the game, and you just didn't want to make it a pick. Or if they did make it a pick, somebody came and hammered it enough and threw it all on Seattle already. I just don't agree with those sentiments. I think I just think the adjustments aren't going to be quick enough. Yeah, Jewel Lloyd is going to have a better game. Is that going to be enough? I'm not certain. Especially if Nafisa Collier is going to walk in at 30 plus points. All right. You found here something funny, by the way. You know that uh, Lynx and Seattle game? Each quarter had at least 43 points. There were it was two a, separate quarters. It was an quarters. NBA game. Wait, what? It was an NBA game. It was there were two separate quarters with 54-plus points. It's literally an NBA game with yeah. two less minutes. <laughs> two Pretty less much. minutes in either quarter, each quarter. All right. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty simple and easy. We'll talk about some player props in a second, and we'll throw in some player props from the other game too. We didn't throw in any player props there, but before we do that, gotta talk to you about underdog fantasy because you're gonna take those player props and you're gonna play them in underdog at underdog and go out there. Matter of fact, let's just make a. Let me see. Underdogs normally quick to the market too, so let's see if we can go ahead and get this. Underdog play going for a Thursday in the WNBA. Okay, we got some options here. We're not, we ain't talked about that game yet. We're not going to go there. Jewel's bouncing back. I don't care what nobody says. Jewel's bouncing back at home. So I'm taking. I feel Jewel. like I jinx Jewel every time. Every time I give out, I recommend a player prop. She goes like three for 20. 
All right, well, nothing, don't nothing say I can nothing. do about it. But I got to take Nafisa Collier over 20 and a half. After watching her do 33, they're, they're not making an adjustment to, to hold her. They weren't even close. Yeah. The enti- I got to look up the points in the paint because I, I know Collier went absolutely crazy, but I got to look it up just for comparison. Minnesota outscored Seattle 54 to 32 in the paint. That's not changing. <laughs> All right. So we got those two. Let's see here. Leah Boston, 15 and a half points. Are we are we still rolling with the Leah Boston train here? Oh, so we're going back to the fever game. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's just because we didn't hit the player props there. Let's just hit player props now as I make yeah, this underdog fine. lineup and try to get us paid. Yeah, I'm in. It's, uh, let's see. We're taking here. the team 15. total over. So if they're going to go over, you're expecting. The, I mean, it's, you know, but I'm trying to decide between Leah Boston and Lisa Smith. Yeah, uh, Lisa Smith is at 14 and a half. I'm pretty I feel confident and Kelsey Mitchell should go off too. Why I just feel just... like Boston's a lot more consistent than Smith. Smith has good games, but she also has some duds. Yeah, that. she does. Aaliyah Boston's kind of found her stride as the as the season. All right, so let's go to Aaliyah. Aaliyah, 15 and a half. We got three. Do we go for 10 or do we go for 20? I mean, we got to go for 20, right? All right, we're going for 20. I mean, we're we just... swinging. Right now, we're on the over for both of these games, so we can just really just load up on points here. We got Kayla McBride, 12.5 points. Diamond Miller had a really good showing coming back from that ankle injury, 11.5 points. Easy McBegger, 13.5. Kelsey, I'm, I'm throwing Kelsey Mitchell in there. She's a, she's a bucket getter, man. 16.5 points for Kelsey Mitchell. Going to throw that in there, 10x. Do, can we buy any stock into any of these Mercury players. Brittany Griner, 18 and a half, six and a half rebounds. Diana Tarasi, 13 and a half points. We've got Seg Sutton here at 10 and a half. I mean, Tarazi's low, but she has not been good and she's battled some injuries. I, I can't trust the Mercury. They scored, what, 62 against Dallas? I, I can't do it. Can you? It feels like, I think I can. Maybe Brittany Griner. <laughs> Griner's the only one I'd be tempted by because she's been good this year. Yeah, so, like, she's been well, kind of a mess. coming back from that injury. Has she? Let, let's see what she. Yeah, I think like she's been okay. Year. I think she had twenty points the other night. All right, we might have to go Griner. Pretty sure she had twenty points the other night. Yeah, she did twenty against Dallas. Uh, what was that? When did she for originally go down with that injury in that game against Seattle? Yeah, so came back that first game after Seattle when she went down eleven points in twenty minutes. Now that next game after a couple of days off she had twenty in twenty nine. Yeah, we go Brittany Griner over eighteen. Somebody's got to score. All right, boom. That's a twenty Xer. Go in there, throw in twenty dollars. That's a four hundred dollar payout right there. And we're on all points. Nafisa Collier, Jewel Lloyd, Kelsey Mitchell, Leah Boston, Brittany Griner. That's how you get it done over at underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That is underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. Place that. Make sure that I'm good there so I can go ahead and cash that next episode and tout. Oh, man. I mean, I guess it's time, Scott. It's always time. Breaking news. The New York Liberty are playing the Las Vegas Aces tomorrow night. Oh, man. I just got to start this off by saying Liberty Bibberty. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Liberty All right. This says the line opened up at seven. I'll let you know I didn't see a seven ever. Maybe I see seven and a half. But it was only seven and a half. I yeah. didn't see seven ever. 
However, seven and a half for the Las Vegas Aces at home. 173 and a half is the total now, Scott. It's gone up. So I saw it at 172. Looks like we're getting around 173 and a half consensus for both of these two. Uh, yep, 173. Um, so it's definitely shooting up there on the total. Kind of interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Injury report for these two teams and for the New York Liberty. Stephanie Dolson is out to about mid-July ankle injury. And then we have here for the Aces, Ricardo Williams is out definitely with that back injury. So pretty much same unit that we've been seeing from these two teams for a while. Are you going to... I want to say this correctly. Are you going to give the Aces the respect of seven and a half points? Or are you going to fade the disrespect of the Liberty Biberty here with them catching seven and a half on the road? Personally, I'm going to give the Aces the respect. I'm going to, I'm going to lay the points. I don't feel great about it, uh, but I, I think there's a good reason why the Aces are favored by this much. The Liberty, I don't think are a great matchup for the Aces right now because the Aces are a very solid team at actually scoring in the paint. And with Dolson's injury, I know they got John Quell and they got Stewie. They really have not been a great paint defense all year long, and they're giving up a lot of points. Once again, you know, props for coming back against the Mystics, but you also trailed by double digits at home against the Mystics. So I'm not exactly sold by the recent form of the Liberty. Now, I am impressed they were able to beat and cover against Connecticut. We know Connecticut's a bit of a compromise team now, because you saw Brianna Jones now out for the year. But the Aces, on paper, are probably the best WNBA team ever created, and I don't think that's a hot take. I mean, they're, they're a dream team. It's really what they are. For me, I'm going to go with the Aces. Uh, we know how good this team is. We know that they are, are going to go over their win total. They're undefeated at home. Uh, but you're looking at New York. They had the thrilling comeback against the Mystics. They were able to beat up on the Mercury and the Dream. Two bad teams. No offense to Atlanta fans, but it is what it is. I'm looking at the Aces, and they just keep chugging along. And I think that at home, they'll be able to take care of business once again. There was no travel involved because they've been at home since the 24th. So Vegas should be comfortable. It's a big game. This team's been there before. The, Link the Liberty, even though this team, of course, is projected to make a deep run, this is the best. This is the biggest game, the most important game that a lot of these players have had to play together. And I think eventually Vegas will wear them down. I like the over in this game. I see a lot of points. I think you're going to see a pretty high-scoring game where the pace should be high, and you might see one of these teams break 100 potentially. But give me Vegas. I think Vegas gets it done. It might seem disrespectful, but I really just think Asia is going to dominate in the paint. And I think that the Liberty... Truth is, John Quell has really just not been great for this team, and I'm disappointed by it, but I have to at least point it out. I have faith in Brianna. I know Sabrina's been good, but she can be streaky as well. Uh, but I do think John Quell is going to have problems in this game. So I, I'm going to lean to her unders on player props, but I am going to go with the aces in this game. I think they win by 10. All right. I disagree, and I'm going to stick with our liberty here. Liberty Liberty and just sit here and say that they as much as I do believe Asia Wilson is going to go off and she's going to have the game Brianna Stewart is going to go off too man and they're going to be really good I mean she's 
she's had really, really good games against the Aces. Like, I understand, you know, it was with the Storm, but a score is going to score no matter what team they're on. And in the playoffs, 24-32-20-42, you know, regular season last year, she had a 21-15 and game against the Aces, a 35-10 and game against the Aces, uh, what is this? There's a 14 and seven in there. So, you know, everything ain't peaches and cream, uh, but another 21 and eight game. Like, I, I think that those two are going to go at it and those two are going to get theirs regardless. It's is everybody else around them going to be able to step up? Is everybody else around them going to live up to the occasion? And that's where I kind of. I'm kind of backing Jacquel Jones here to have a good one. Just kind of get some revenge. It's a revenge game for her in the WNBA finals last year. But look at, you know, I I went and I did some deep diving here, Scott. And like I, I was diving deep and very much diving deep here. And the Aces, they give it up some decent production to the center position very, very recently. Uh, Leah Boston. She's great, but seven for 14, 14 rebounds, two blocks, uh, eight for 11, nine rebounds, a block. Nafisa Collier had a, a good game against them. She pulled down seven rebounds as well. And, you know, just the last few games, Brianna Jones had some really, really good games as well. Brianna Jones was able to hold it down. She's had a 9 and a 10 rebound game. I think that the opportunity, even Cheyenne Parker had a really good game against them, 10 for 18 from the field, 11 rebounds. Uh, that's where I'm looking for John Cole Jones at on the boards, and I think that she'll have a really good I, – I got her boards the other day when I was playing it at 7.5, I believe I did – so probably be around there, maybe six and a half, because, you know, you do have a lot of size on that Aces team. But I think John Cole is going to have to like she's going to have to step up and she's going to have to make her presence known and be like, hey, you didn't just get me to come here and play here to be, you know, somebody big on the inside and just kind of no, I'm coming down here and I'm coming to hoop. And so I think it's a really good revenge spot for her. So I'm actually on John Cole Jones over on points and rebounds. Honestly, I think she's going to have a. A pretty good game here and be that additional X factor along with a Sabrina Ionescu who can really get going. Hopefully she gets going from three. But Ajelani is somebody who's quietly really, really got it going. And then we're not going to talk about Maria Johannes coming off the bench. Like I just mm-hmm. think that scoring wise, they're going to be able to keep up and especially in the first half. And so I'm on, I'm on the Liberty here plus seven and a half. I'm getting it now. Cause I think that's going to fall to be honest. But uh, in terms of the total, give me a first half over with these two teams. I, I want to take the full game, but I do have the fear that this gets into a little bit of playoff mode. Maybe a fourth quarter kind of derails this. So on the full game, I think I'm actually going to lean under and I'm just going to wait for everybody to bet the over up to maybe what? 174 and a half. It's at 173 and a half right now. I can't really see it getting any higher than that, but maybe it does. And then I'm going to just come in and take the under there. But I like that first half over. And both of these two teams really, really good in terms of scoring in the first half. Uh, let me pull. Where's my numbers at? 
last five games, Aces have 52.6 points in the first half. That is first in WNBA. New York Liberty third at 48.8 in the first half over the past five games. Look at them to these two teams defensively and what they do uh, in that same metric. On the uh, opponent's points per game, and you have that's where the Aces fall, 42 points per game. They are six in the WNBA. New York Liberty still hanging tough, 40.6 points per game for their opponent in the first half. That is third in WNBA. I do think defense will come alive just a, a little bit later in this one. And if we get, you know, just those totals, should probably have about a first half number of 81 and a half, 82 and a half, somewhere around that. These totals line up with that. I'm going to take the over. Give me the over in the first half between these two teams. We see fireworks early, a little bit more of a defensive game later in the second half. I can see it slowing down late. So I think if you want to actually take an under, you mentioned the potential waiting until the line gets high enough. If you like the first half over, then why don't you just yep. live bet the under? Yep, that's how I'm going to play it. So I'm playing the first half over and uh, live betting the under. I was just, in terms of, you know, tally side picks or whatever. Yeah. I'll go full game under here and just call my shot, but I think we can get this to balloon up to in the 180s or something like that, come in smashing under and not even sweat towards the fourth quarter because these two teams are going to get after it, especially if it's a close game. You're on aces. I'm on a liberty. Player props. I mentioned Asia Wilson. Stewie and Asia are going off. Like Stewie and Asia are going off. That's happening. Where are their numbers? They, their numbers can't be high enough. I'm trying to think how these teams are going to defend each other. Like, Aces I think John Quell's... You're picking the Liberty because you think John Quell's going to step up. Yeah. I don't. So that's where we kind of disagree because I think I think it's a bad matchup for John Quell. And truth is, the Aces kind of played her off the floor last year, which is insane because she won league MVP, but... Yeah, John Quell was really not that good in the WNBA Finals, and that was a problem because she couldn't handle the pace that the Aces were playing at. And well, I'm- well, to just throw that throw it out there because I did find this interesting when I looked it up earlier. The Aces have slowed the pace down in the past five games. They are down in eighth. That's unheard of for the Aces. Yeah, By the they're way, usually if, like if top you, two. Top three. They're literally top two all year long. The pace has slowed down tremendously. The fact that they are eighth in the W in pace in the past five games means a lot. Like that is really, really big for an Aces team that just thinks run, 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 run. Well, so, I, that, I appreciate you pointing that out, but I do want to pull up John Quell's numbers against the Aces in the in the finals last year. They weren't yeah. as bad as I thought. I just maybe thought on impact she wasn't that impactful, but I mean thirteen and eight, twenty and five, sixteen and eleven, fifteen and nine. Okay, that's not that bad. But I thought it was worse. I think she's gonna have a game. It's it's the perfect revenge spot for her too. Like it's it's perfect, and she's get she gets a better team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you like Vanderswood assists? I'm guessing you have to because you think they're going to win the game. And last year in the finals, I saw Jacquel Jones in when Las Vegas, where our studio is. So. Just let you know, she stays at the win. Like that's where she she hangs out at. Good people hang out at the win, Las mm-hmm. Vegas, by the Blue Wire Studios. That just letting you know that right now. So definitely rock it with Jacquel Jones here. What'd you say? I said Vander Sluta says. <sighs> I 
I would take a first. Uh, like, okay, so she's been she's been cooking. That's why I'm asking. She's been yeah. really good at facilitator. I some outlets like you do like a first half on player props. Not really? gonna say them because yeah, yeah, there is. I'll okay. tell you, you off air because there's a conflict here. But some outlets do allow you to do first half on player props. And if I can get a first half line on her assist, I'm a hundred percent to play it. But it's that second half that really is gonna yeah. I just think that the, it's gonna be a, an adjustment, and that's where they're gonna kind of take Courtney Vandersloot out of the game in the second half, and then that's where it's gonna rely on a Stewie and a Jonquil Jones that kind of just isolate and get their own shot rather than more of the team style playing that they played over the course of the game. So I don't really know about Courtney Vandersloot's assist here in this one. I don't have a good feeling about it. But I do have a good feeling about Chelsea Gray. Because I think Chelsea Gray is going to have a game. Mm-hmm. All-star starter this year. She said that I'm taking it. Last year, you you hold me. This year, I'm taking it. And she's been having a great season thus far. Her points prop is at 13 and a half for this one. I think she can be, if you like, especially if you like the aces that you're talking about, the aces are going to have an X factor that does really well for them. I think Chelsea Gray can be that person here. And we're getting her at an extreme discount compared to Jackie Young, who is a walk-in 20 piece. So I'm not mad at a Jackie Young over 19 and a half. Kelsey Plum, who's been up and down, 17 and a half. I kind of actually would lean to the under on Jackie Young there. But I'd rather take the threes uh, for Plum instead of the points. I mean, not Young, but Plum. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I would take a threes look over that as well. But she's been kind of brutal there too sometimes. I don't know. I just uh, I haven't been a biggest fan of Jackie Young recently. But here, here's what I wanted to point out. 25 points per game last game for 25 points for Chelsea Gray last game. 13, 11, 17, 8, 19, 12, 14, 17. She's hanging around there around that number. Like she's there at that 13 number. So if it again, same thing as I was talking about Brown Jones. Like if I have a pretty nice floor with Chelsea Gray, I feel comfortable with 13 and a half because I just think that's a conservative number and she can easily go over. She can go over this in the first in the first half. Like and she always comes up big for them in big games. Like she comes up big for them in big games. So I can see a really big game from Chelsea Gray here. I'm gonna be backing her as well. Let's see. Anything else here? Tickle your fancy? Uh I really want to take an under on Kelsey Plum. I'm not going to do it, but I want to. I don't see much else. I mean, do you want to go for like a Candace Parker prop or something or no? I feel like her contributions never show up on the stat sheet. No, like I want I was considering steals or something, but I don't even know if they have a market for that. Maybe they do on underdog, but I'm not totally sure. But maybe like yeah. steals or walks for Candace. It, it just seems like nobody's offering her props because they all have the same thought of like her contribution to this team never shows up on the stat sheet, so we're just not going to offer props for her. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe Candace assists if it's low enough. Let's talk about the last piece of the puzzle here before we wrap up. So, Ray Inescu, over 17.5, plus 100, under minus 130. Her her threes are probably going to be at two and a half. Probably she was she was brutal against Connecticut, but it didn't matter. They won anyway. That was the yeah. craziest part. They managed to beat Connecticut, and Yanescu only had six points. Yeah, she but she's had back. less than nine points in two of the last three games. She bounced back. 
I think I'm going to lean under, but then again, I'm picking the Aces to win. So since I'm picking the Aces to win by a decent margin, I need some players in the Liberty to not show up. So I'm going to lean to the under, and I'm going to lean to the under on John Quell as well. I'm assuming you're on the over because you like the Liberty to win the game. But I got to take some stands if I'm picking the Aces to win by margin. I'll take a stand with UNESCO. I'll lean to the under. I mean, she's had some good games against the the Aces. She's had some really good games against the Aces, but she's had a dud in there too. Three In three games against the Aces last season, she had 31, 13, and 10. She had 27, 3, and 5, and then she had 9, 3, and 6. Give me an over. I'll take it. Give me an over. I All assumed right. you were going to take the over, so that doesn't surprise me. Let's go. Lock and dog time. Let's finish things up right. For my lock. Hmm. I will I'm curious where I feel like uh, we agree I'm, on some similar Yeah, we do. I just so. gotta figure I'm just trying to figure out how I wanna play it. Okay. I don't have a line for it now. It's probably gonna be like eighty three and a half. Just give me Indiana Fever team total over. Yeah, that's what I thought you were gonna do. I, I can't I can't see myself not playing that bet. Like I can't as soon as it goes live, I can't see myself not playing that bet. Like that's literally what I'm waiting for. Even if the Mercury somehow, some way, find a way to rally, have that game two with the new head coach and a rally for the new head coach gonna win. I can't see it. It doesn't be like a 97 to 90 type win for them if they somehow do win this game. The Fever are going to score. Are going to score regardless. So I'll take an Indiana Fever team total over. We'll confirm that tomorrow. What exactly that number is, but that'll be my lock for my dog. Hmm. I'm out here giving out plays that aren't that don't exist yet. But you either go for a player prop or you could potentially take the liberty on the money line if you think they win. In theory, the links that are plus one hundred, but that's too small. Yeah, that's a puppy dog. We're not going that route. Eh, nah, give me the. Why not? They can really come in. They can really, really turn. There's been too many times this season that we've seen the Aces actually stumble in the first half, and then they just pick things back up in the second half and got it done. We've seen it against the Fever. Uh, we've seen it against the Dream. It happened against the Dream, too. Yeah, give me the – I don't have a line for it. I'm going to play it when it drops. Give me the New York Liberty in the first half money line. Okay. Let's just say let's just say they live up to live up to everything. This game lives up to exactly what it is. They win the first half by one, and I cash this. Yeah, so I'm gonna stick with it uh, with what isn't broken. Uh, my lock. Oh, it's gonna be the team total, but you know what? I'll just go with the actual uh, money line instead. Give me the fever on the money line at around minus one forty-five. Uh, simply put, the fever they're not they're not the greatest at covering when they're laying points, but I have to fade the mercury as much as possible. Fired their coach. They responded by scoring 62 points against one of the worst defenses in the league. I want nothing to do with Phoenix, so give me the fever 
on the money line. At I'm not going to blame the feeder for losing back-to-back games to the Aces. That's just not their fault. And they were competitive the second time around. So give me the fever on the money line at minus 145 as my lock. And for my dog, unfortunately, I don't have alt lines available. So I'm going to have to try to pick something, I guess. I was going to take something involving the Lynx, uh, potentially like minus four and a half or some alternative line, but I don't see it. So instead, I'm going to go with a same game parlay. I'm going to go with the Lynx on the money line parlayed with the over 163 and a half, and that pays out a plus 281. 281 to get exactly what happened last game. Yeah. <laughs> with about okay. 30 points of cushion for the over under. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right. Anything else for people, Scott, before we get up out of here? Not really. Uh, looking forward to the game. Should be fun. Uh, besides that, though, I'm hoping that the Liberty win. But once again, I'm skeptical. And we'll back later in the week. All right. He's at Rush Radio. I'm at Really Real underscore underscore. Make sure you catch us when we go live on YouTube, youtube.com slash NBA Gambling Podcast is where we're streaming all the WNBA Gambling Podcast episodes this season. And make sure you leave a review wherever you get your podcast at WNBA Gambling Podcast. We have our own feed, WNBA Gambling Podcast. Make sure you drop a review. We need those. We're going to have a little contest going on here. But other than that, I have nothing else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way of ending the show. Just going to end it like this. Liberty Biberty, we're out of here. <laughs>